recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan. We just described Ric Flair as the Neanderthal <laughs> man in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Chris. Yo, we going down to Sesame Street. <laughs> that's, that's your impression of hardcore rap? No. <laughs> Carmella. That would irritate the hell out of me. I'm like, I just want my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> my ice cream is melting. <laughs> ben. ben. Four halogens in that list. Oh, my God. You were like, it's not the halogens. I'm like, no, Ben, no. Those damn halogens got me again. <laughs> and the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Oaks. Welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Carmela, and I am here today with some very special guests for a very special episode. We have Marissa Lang, Jeremy Gabbard, Nicole Nullist, and Max Miners. And because we always need an obligatory straight man, we also have Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> so let's get some introductions out of the way. Marissa, we're going to start with you. Tell us uh, where you're from, what you do, and something interesting about yourself. All right. I am Marissa. I am from just outside of Salt Lake City. I own a mobile bookstore, so I do a lot of book fairs and community events. And I also take care of my kiddos and babysit a lot. And as far as something interesting about me, um, I was in the Peace Corps for two years doing HIV AIDS prevention work in Cameroon, which is in Central West Africa. Wow. That's awesome. That is cool. Jeremy, uh, you've been on the show before, but remind everyone what you do, where you're from, and something interesting about yourself. Hey, everyone. Uh, I live in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm a network engineer here. Not a whole lot interesting in my life. Um, I've replaced a lot of my bowling with Magic the Gathering lately. I have gotten back in back in and out over the last 20 years many times. So I guess I'm in it now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm in my lull period. I was in it you know, a few years ago, and now I'm back out. So we kind of switched yeah. places. <laughs> Max? Hi, uh, I'm Max. I'm from Louisville. Um, I make TV news for a living. I'm a director. And uh, my spare time, um, almost all of it goes to video games. I love playing video games, and um, I've kind of picked up the hobby in the last uh, year or two of um, making or learning how to make um, games for, like, the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Commodore 64. Oh, wow. So that's kind of my my fun side thing. And I guess I'm here because I love trivia and gay (laughs) (laughs) same (laughs) and Nicole last but not least my name is Nicole Newlist I use they them pronouns I live in Chicago Illinois I'm a horse racing writer I'm one of the chart callers at Hawthorne during the spring and Arlington during the summer and then do a lot of freelance writing around horse racing as well and something interesting about me I I've been interested in trivia since I was a little kid, and my first trivia memories involve Math Quiz Bowl when I was in elementary school. I 
steamrolled everybody in my second grade year so badly that when I was in third grade, my teacher told me I was too good at math to be on the quiz bowl team. Oh. <laughs> Please tell me there's some math. <laughs> well, I, I, I was I was told there would be no math. I, I'm not sure if I put math in this. <laughs> by, by the way, I'd like to point out that you definitely don't need an obligatory straight person for the episode. I'm only here because I really wanted to <laughs> no, be here. That's true. I was just giving you a hard time. I tell yeah. you to introduce you yourself, but there's nothing interesting about it. There you. really is. <laughs> <laughs> when you said obligatory straight person, I was going to say boo. I know, right? <laughs> recording and I didn't want her to redo it. Do you want to tell them why today's episode is special? So today's episode is special because uh, this will be airing during June, which is Pride Month here in the U.S. Um, And also it is the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots. So that's a a really important landmark. That's really what kicked off the LGBT movement here in the U.S. So uh, that it's definitely something we wanted to note. And as a member of the LGBTQ community, I wanted to make sure that uh, we got that represented. Absolutely. We are super excited for this to be our first, our inaugural Pride Month episode. Yes. Very excited. I just got to visit Stonewall last week. I was in New York. And it is a very, very, very powerful location. Cool. I want to go. I've been to New York. I've never been to the city. So it's one of my places to go. So, but because this is Trivial Warfare, we got to start it off with a warm it up, Chris. It's time to warm it up. A Trivial Warfare today. And there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA, and that's Chris, and sometimes Jonathan. In which Jonathan actually gets to play one. I'm going to get to play. (laughs) This will be the only thing I play today. (laughs) So um, this Warm It Up Chris is brought to us by Adam Holquist. So thank you, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. And his question is, the 2018 edition of Forbes Celebrity 100 list of the 100 highest paid celebrities contains 14 women too low but still so we're going to try and name the the 14 women that's on the top 100 cool okay nicole we're going to start with you i will guess oprah winfrey amazingly oprah is not on this list that he gave me Jesus, I, my go-to for maybe it's is because this specifically for acting. Yeah, maybe this is because she's not getting paid. She pays herself. Yeah. That's true. She just has. These right. are these are just celebrities in general. They're not necessarily Oprah. All sort of actors. is money yeah. at this point. Exactly. She prints her own. <laughs> she's I've made got a twenty-dollar bill in my pocket with Oprah's head on it. <laughs> all right, Marissa. Beyonce. Beyonce is number thirty-five. Jeremy. Uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga's number 49. Max. I think because of her involvement with Marvel, I will guess Scarlett Johansson. Number 76. And Jonathan. Jennifer Lawrence. Mm, no, not oh, on the list. J-Law. I no. feel betrayed. No J-Law. <laughs> I really expected her to be there. <laughs> oh, I know who I should have said. Well, you're, you're going to get another chance here in a oh, moment. Oh, they're going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole? Ariana Grande? Not on the list. Whoa. Mar- Marissa? Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to say Kylie Jenner. <laughs> Number three, she's oh. the highest one on the list. Oh, <laughs> no. Jeremy. Ellen? Ellen is number 15. Yay! Yay. I feel so warm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Max? How about Rihanna? Rihanna's number 84. Jonathan, did they take your answer? No, but I'm having a hard time thinking of her name. <laughs> it's I have two possible answers, but the one that I'm trying to... Why can't I think of her name? It's the one who played Hermione Granger in Harry Potter. What's her name? Why can't I, I think know. of her name? Go with the other one. Yeah. I'm going to go with <laughs> Kendall Jenner. <laughs> Uh, neither Emma Watson, Emma Watson or Kendall Jenner is on this list. <laughs> and I love Emma Watson. How did I not think of that name? Nicole? I think I will just keep up with the Kardashians and say Kim Kardashian. Number 30. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Marissa? Um, see, now, now, now I'm all out. Um, let's see. What about Michelle Obama for her book? Damn it. Nice. Not Sorry. on this list. Oh. She might show up in the 2019, uh, but this is the 2018 list. So, all right. Jeremy? I'm going to say another Emma Emma Stone. Not on the list. Max? Uh, how about J.K. Rowling? Number 42. Oh. Good. Good how many fan. are left? Six are left. But I'm, I'm like blanking. Like, I can't even think of any person's name. <laughs> I didn't drink enough coffee this morning. Apparently not. I had a whole big cup, but it didn't help. I better wake up before the next show. <laughs> I'm trying to think of creators. It it seems like it's not necessarily actors or actresses. Um, how about Nicki Minaj? Not on the list. Okay. So we're gonna go one more time around. There are six left. Nicole. Uh, this is probably entirely too old school, but maybe she's got like brands of things. I'm going to go with Martha Stewart. Not on the list. Marissa? <sighs> Let me think. I'm trying to think of like famous female athletes here. Mm. And I am so bad at it, but I'm just going to go with Serena Williams. Ooh. Not on the oh. list. Maybe, okay. She might show up on the uh, the 2019 with her Nike deal. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if prize money counts towards yeah. paid. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't either. Jeremy, I have no idea. Uh, Judge Judy. Judy Ooh. Shineland is number four. <laughs> yes, <laughs> good job, yeah. Jeremy. As Great soon as you pull. said it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> One of the highest paid people in TV. All right, Max. Am I last? Because I, I, won't, I, didn't, I won't say too much about my thought process if, uh, if I'm not. I'm last, but dude, oh, okay. go for it. <laughs> well, I was sitting here trying to remember the names of I, the real names of either Cersei Lannister or Daenerys Targaryen, but I don't watch that show and I can't remember their names. So I am going to go with the OG, my girl, Madonna. Madonna's not on the list. Womp okay. womp. I actually, so I'm I'm last, and I was thinking about Emilia Amelia Clark, Amelia Clark is and Daenerys. Lena Horn, Lena, Lena Headley. Headley. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought maybe I'm I'm going with Mary Kate Olsen. Nope, not on the oh. list. So the ones you guys didn't get, number nineteen was Katy Perry. Really? Oh. I declined. Oh, I thought she had fallen right. down. I didn't think she'd be there. Uh, number 21, Taylor Swift. Oh. oh. Number 45, Jonathan's main lady, Pink. I, I love Pink. Yeah. Uh, so we should have done more musicians. We, yeah. You said Lady Gaga. You you had J-Law, but you didn't go with J-Lo. I, no 50, way I would have thought oh, she oh, Number 53, more. Jennifer Lopez. She's got a lot of brand stuff out there. 
Apparently, by the way, apparently Spotify and these things are more successful for these artists than we're being led on to believe. <laughs> right. Um, and number 68, which was the last one you guys didn't get, that was Sofia Vergara. Okay. Oh, she deserves it. Yeah. Sofia is great. Well, that's warm. great job by Adam there. Yes, thank you very much, Adam. I wonderful. love that yes. a lot. I've been hanging on to it for a little while. <laughs> so it's going to be Marissa and Max versus Nicole and Jeremy. I'm going to be hosting. Jonathan's just kind of here for support and uh, make conversation. I'm, I'm just here to learn. <laughs> and to learn some I'm, stuff. I'm going to learn a lot today, and I'm excited about it. <laughs> I also want to give a very special thank you to Nolan Werner. Yeah. Uh, he helped me out a lot with questions. So about probably half of these are from Nolan, but of course I'll let you know which ones are from him. And also, uh, Nolan got to see firsthand what a giant pain in the ass I can be. No. <laughs> so. No. <laughs> but well, thank you very Nolan's, much. I really Nolan's my buddy. Yeah. Nolan, Nolan lives here guy. in town. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's he's my uh, inkling partner. Awesome. <laughs> He's uh, he he puts together a lot of content and writes a lot of questions, and and we like Nolan a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a good dude. He is. So thank you very much for all of your help. I couldn't have written this entire game without you. All right. So round one, uh, first category is actually a Nolan question, and it's first things first. What notable LGBTQ landmark will you find located at 5153 Christopher Street in Greenwich Village? Oh, that's right. I get to watch y'all text. So for you guys, for you all who are listening today, we have the two teams IMing back and forth. Uh, so great radio content. <laughs> I, yeah, well, it gets edited, but um, that's it's going to be a little bit less talky, and so each team will will kind of tell us what they were thinking, as opposed to thinking it out directly. Marissa and I are locked in. Jeremy, Nicole, you can actually can actually you can talk, talk out, out loud, loud now. now. They've locked in. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm I'm feeling some thunder on Stonewall. I've never been in Stonewall, but I've been to New York City, and for some reason, Christopher Street is ringing a bell for Stonewall, so unless you're feeling thunder on something else, I want to go with Stonewall. No, that was my guess as well. I, I didn't know the street. It just sounds like the, you know, it sounds right. <laughs> then let's lock in Stonewall. Yeah. All right. Max and Marissa? Yeah. Else? Very luckily, I was just there. <laughs> it is the Stonewall Inn. That is where you will find the Stonewall Inn. Nobody's getting shut out today. Nope. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right. Next question is also from Nolan. Your category is star power. What was the name of the New York City native activist who passed away in 2002, was a co-founder of the Street Transvestites Action Revolutionaries, also known as STAR, and was described as the Rosa Parks of the transgender movement? Okay, we're locked in. All right. So, Max and Mercy, you can talk out loud. So... I think Marissa and I went to the same place. Yeah. Initially. But the thing that's kind of putting me back here is the 2002 death. Because I think we're both thinking Marsha P. Johnson, but uh, for some reason I didn't think she lived that long. Is that what's holding you back but as the well? Star, exactly. But the star, yeah, so I'm just sitting here kind of like racking my brain. It would definitely make sense to follow up a Stonewall question with a question about her. Yes. But again, that may be a little bit on the nose. Uh, let's just do it. I'm getting it. This is the Jonathan's coming out on me. I'm doing this game theory crap. This never gets me anywhere, Jonathan. Why? Well, you have to be good at it, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. Rude. <laughs> oh, it's sorry. A, it's a, game theory is a bull that you made up. Yes. It, it's not even real game theory. It's, it's complete not. BS. But it gets me answers. 
Yeah, I mean, unless I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't have another activist to name here. So yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll lock in with Marsha P. Johnson. All right, Nicole and Jeremy. We also locked in with Marsha P. Johnson. So Marsha P. Johnson was one of the co-founders of Star. However, Marsha passed away in uh, 1992. The other founder of uh, Star was Sylvia Rivera. Darn. Should have asked a question about Martha P. Johnson, Carmela. Marsha P. Johnson. That's coming. Don't worry about it. Shh. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> All right. To, uh, <laughs> to round out round one, your category is drag race drama. Oh. Woohoo. No. Miss Vanjie. <laughs> Miss Vanjie. Too Miss soon. I'm still sad. Van- Oh. No spoilers. What? I haven't finished. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Okay, close your ears. La, 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 la. Oh. Anyway, who is the Australian makeup artist slash photographer slash artist slash wig stylist and longtime collaborator of RuPaul that suddenly left Drag Race at the beginning of season nine and subsequently deleted all of their social media, including their famous Instagram? I'm looking at four confused faces. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. A, this a was a big name. deal in the fandom. Okay. <laughs> this person was also featured uh, kind of prominently on America's Top Model as well. This feels so weird. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you guys are doing awesome, in my opinion. I love watching these conversations. <laughs> I almost feel like giving commentary about the conversations as you go. It's like some people, some people are like, this is my first season watching. And other people are like, oh, I watched the beginning and recent, but not the middle. We are locked in. I th- Hold on a second. Maybe not. Okay. Yeah, we're locked in. Okay. So then we can talk. Yep. So I'm thinking it's Matthew. And I'm trying really hard to pull a last name, and it's it's a common one. Like it's not Johnson, but I think it might be Anderson. Smith. No, Anderson. no, it's a son, and I, I uh, jo- Pearson, um, Johnson, Pearson, Carson. Um, no. I think Anderson is the best, but but so this is the person I'm thinking of. I'm also not a hundred percent sure. I do know that Matthew used to do all of Rue's wigs and makeup, and then stopped, and that there was some. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I think if you have those details, I mean, that must be who we're thinking of here because that would be very oddly specific for there to have been more than one person to go through this. (laughs) Definitely not ruling out the possibility that RuPaul is dramatic enough to, uh, you know, have multiple wig stylist dramas. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is RuPaul. But it seems unlikely with these details. And what, it, so, yeah, this is this yeah. is the first season I've ever watched of this show. My best friends all love it, and they've hounded me for years. And now this is we're in season eleven now. Yes, and it is fabulous. And I think it's Anderson, but I'm, but Matthew is the part that I really remember, would, and it's spelled with a U. Would first name <laughs> so. be enough in this case, or do you need first and last name? If I don't know if their answer is right or wrong, but they seem more sure of the first name. Is first name enough, or do you need a full name here? How how are they known? Are they known by their first name or are they known by full name? Kind of both. Okay, it's your decision. <laughs> I don't want to force them into I, a last I would ex- name if, if the first name's acceptable. I would accept either. Okay. Actually. So if you want to just name first name, uh, both teams, you're you're free to do that. Then let's go with that, Marissa. I trust you. Okay. Okay, Matthew. All right. Jeremy Nicole. 
Well, Nicole didn't watch this season, apparently, and I've never seen the show. Uh, you said America's Next Top Model, and so I, we went with Miss J. I love Miss J. Miss J is great. I do, too. But, but <laughs> I don't think there's been a drag right. race crossover with her. Uh, Miss J know. is kind of the model coach, so teaches them how to walk and all that stuff. Uh, the person I'm looking for is Matthew, with a U, Anderson. Nice! Good job! Nice, Marissa. She was all over that one. Yep. That was strong. So Matthew worked the first episode of season nine, which was the one with Lady Gaga, and quit the show, had apparently a huge blowout with Rue, and uh, his Instagram was really, like, famous. He did a lot of art and stuff on it and deleted the whole thing, just completely walked away. Uh So, which is sad. So after the first round, Marissa and Max have 20... Nicole and Jeremy have 10. It's 20 to 10. All right. Going into round two, your first category is the plays the thing. Ah. What 1895 Oscar Wilde play features blackmail and political corruption taking place over the course of 24 hours and features characters Lord Goring, the Earl of Caversham, and Sir Robert Chiltern? Those are great names. (laughs) Oscar Wilde was very good at names. Uh, we we are locked in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> Go ahead, Marissa. What were you thinking? Okay, so I feel so. I'm just trying to remember. There is like, but she. I'm pretty sure she had a husband, but I I don't actually know if he was in it. But I do feel like her name was Lady Caversham. She she like gave the huge speech about like to lose one parent one could understand, but to lose two is a complete. You're right. It's the lady who goes, oh, <laughs> yeah. So that's the importance of being earnest. Yes. But yes. I'm trying to place Lord Goring, and so should we just do the importance of being earnest? Sure. Okay. Honor of the a handbag lady. Yes. 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 Exactly. <laughs> All right. So we're locked in with the importance of being earnest. Jeremy, Nicole, what did you say? (laughs) None of us knew any, none of us could think of the names of any Oscar Wilde things. I just, we both had nothing. And so Jeremy started getting ideas that were not right, but at least entertaining. And we said. Uh, Born to be wild. I was a big fan of Wild and Free. <laughs> that's that's I great. You can see this. Those were so good. Oh. They're ascribing to my kind of wrong answer. <laughs> I love it. That's my favorite kind of wrong answer. So this play uh, is actually an ideal husband. Oh. Oh, that's the name of it. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I've heard of it. I knew nothing about the characters or the plot, so I'm not sad about not coming yeah. up with it. Yeah, uh, the importance of being earnest, unfortunately, doesn't have a lot of political corruption, and it. it does have some blackmail, though. It it's, I read, I read a synopsis of it. Uh, so, and a handbag. So Ernest yeah. apparently was was well. It's complicated. Yeah. It's really complicated. I love the importance. Of it being seems like something that I want to read. So neither the dudes think their name is Ernest but both of their girlfriends will only date a guy named Ernest uh-huh. so yeah. they're both like my name's Ernest yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright next category turning heads 
Billy Porter did just that at the 91st Academy Awards earlier this year. He dressed in a velvet tuxedo gown that seemed to be paying homage to an iconic Hector extravaganza look. Who was the designer for Porter's amazing gown? Oh, oh dear. Oh, I can like, I mean, obviously I can see him in the gown in my mind. I'm just trying to see like a caption or something, you know? All right. We are, I guess, begrudgingly walking in, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> Uh-huh, you guys. our best shot yeah. in walking away. And that's the best kind of locking in. <laughs> the begrudging lock-in. The begrudging ones. Yeah, we're Do you, doing so, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what did I you I mean, answer? unless you think it's someone big like Versace, but... Yeah, this fashion designers are just totally not my wheelhouse, unfortunately. I'm, li- I'm basically like the worst queer person alive. <laughs> Uh, That's not, not true. Not Caitlyn that. Jenner exists. <laughs> yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Whoa. 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 Shots fired. Why? Uh, uh, no, hold she on. She knows no. what she did. I'm, no, so for, for those of us who aren't up to date on this, why why is that the reaction? Educate me on this one. Caitlyn Jenner is... Um, a Republican. A rep- yes, Republican. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner basically Caitlyn votes Jenner. against the interests yes. of people in her that would be within her own community. I see. Um, I see. Okay, so, I got you now. I yeah. understand. My problem is that mostly she's been sort of like held up as the one example for middle right. America to look at of trans people, but didn't right. have to face a lot of the same challenges that they did. Yeah. Amen. And so that's just sort of like the impression everyone gets yeah. of what it's what the experience is. Yeah, okay. and also totally yes, like liking that. Donald Trump doesn't help either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it usually doesn't well, go over well with people in our community. I would imagine not. Very far. Thank you. That helps. So, Marissa, would you like to go through our thought process here? Sorry, my phone <laughs> locks up. Okay, so we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. So Max was saying that he was on American Horror Story, and she said Balenciaga, Balenciaga when she yeah, died. Balenciaga. But we both kind of settled on Givenchy. All right. But with, as Max said, negative zero, one billion thunder. So. <laughs> they were giving thunder away. It's, very, um, it's a very Kentucky numeral. Yes. My, my grandpa before he passed on used to say, that boy is so stupid he's got an IQ of zero dash negative cipher. <laughs> <laughs> wow. None of us ever really understood what that meant. <laughs> But it's awesome. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. And Jeremy, Nicole, you guys had locked in. Yeah, we were trying to think of someone modern uh, and then realized neither one of us really knew anyone. Dipped our toes briefly into Project Runway and came up with Christian uh, Siriano. All right. So this same designer also did, if you guys looked at any of the Met Gala looks, did Janelle Monet, uh, did Michael Yuri's split look. Um, and that was Christian Siriano. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Also happened to win season four of Project Runway. (laughs) Wow. That was wonderful. For me. Yes. The Met Gala was dead dead to me because the theme was camp and I was seeing zero Nina West. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. So your last category in the round is reaching across the rainbow. Tammy Baldwin was the first openly gay woman to be elected to Congress in 1998. She made history again in 2012 when she was elected as the first openly gay U.S. senator, representing what Midwestern state? Go for it. (laughs) Yeah, we're locked in. We are locked. 
Okay. Yep. Well, who wants to go first? With as a as a good Midwesterner, it's Wisconsin. <laughs> All right. We, we agree. We also said Wisconsin. She hails yeah. from the great cheese state of Wisconsin. <laughs> great job. Pure cheese and Tammy Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of beer cheese together, by the way. Those things are wonderful together. Oh, beer cheese and beer cheese. I'm here for all of it. Yes, I'm with you. I'm so sad I can't One have time. beer or cheese right now. <laughs> also, bratwurst. There was a time that my friend and I in Chicago, we had like five hours to kill. And so we hopped in his car. We went up from Chicago to Kenosha, got a brat and came back. Nice. <laughs> the day we had a brat in Wisconsin. <laughs> I want, I want beer cheese injected into bratwurst. Oh my God. That's, see oh this, my God. This, I'm oh. living for this right now. Oh, that I hate sounds you so good. much right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Someday you will eat again. I will. Yes. <laughs> At the end of the second round, it is 30 to 30. We got a tight, game yes so all of round three will be brought to us by nolan thank you nolan Yay! your first category is as seen on tv what television series premiered in 2003 won a golden globe and an emmy over its six season run and was described by openly gay creator ryan murphy as a love story between two heterosexual men we're locked in all right so oh, so so we can use words to talk. Yeah. I have no idea who this person is. Yeah, and I, like I said, movies and TV are kind of my problem, and I haven't really watched much TV since I was a teenager in the 90s. Yeah, this would have been like prime time for me because I would have been in college. I had a dating someone who loved gay things on TV. <sighs> Love story between two. Six seasons. Nicole's like, it's not my so-called life. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't last six seasons. Honestly, the only TV show that I can reliably answer questions about is Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Which I guess was a love story between two theoretically heterosexual teenagers. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. Oh, man. We could do a whole, like, series on breaking down the no. uh, the homo uh, undertones of most things on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Oh man, that was so, what was on TV then? 2003 and six seasons, so that would be like 2003 to 2009. So yeah. that would have been like end of college and kind of through law school for me. And I guess I did have a TV in my apartment when I was in law school, but I only ever watched ESPN. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the time of my life I would watch like more TV than I guess you know when you're a kid you watch a bunch of TV, but. I would watch more TV here than I would have any other time in my life. And this doesn't sound familiar in the least. My, my, my bag of nothing is overflowing with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have, a, I, I don't even have a clever quip. Like <laughs> ah, TV show 2000. I don't know. The Beavis and Butthead thing was pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> but I also know that that show ended in 1997 and didn't come back until 2011. It came back. Oh, yes. Wow. The 2011 season, I was so scared of it just because I thought they were going to ruin my favorite show. It was brilliant. My what? favorite episode ever is the one where Beavis and Butthead accidentally started working tech support. 
And oh I was <laughs> I was working in a data center at the time, and every time a customer called, I wanted to pick up the phone and go, do you have any matches? Why <laughs> setting it on fire? <laughs> because that was the advice that Beavis gave the customer. <laughs> I said reboot, damn it. <laughs> My all-time favorite moment from that original series, is, do you remember the group um, Crowbar? They were a terrible like sludge metal band from the 90s. Yeah. Their, le- their lead singer was this really big dude, and like the song starts, and he's like, I gave my heart and soul. And, and, and Butthead goes, uh, he just thought he gave his heart and soul to some chick. And Beavis goes, I've got to be like 50 pounds of meat right there. <laughs> Oh, I'm dizzy. I'm dizzy. Oh. For lack of anything better, let's go with Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. If this part gets edited out, there will be zero context for this, and we will look real, oh, real bad. I, I don't think it will be edited out, honestly. Uh, nope. nope. Not with that impression. That was incredible. <laughs> All right, Marissa and Max. Uh, we... I mean, at least speaking for myself, I know that Ryan Murphy created Nip Tuck. I haven't actually seen it, but that's what I was typing when oh, man. I said Nip Tuck. So. Well, I have I literally have the entire series in the DVD box set. It's sitting in the next room, so I'll ship it to you. You can borrow it. Yeah, it's it's definitely Nip Tuck. Uh, it, it, it is Nip Tuck. It's a, I thought it was a great show. Uh, they did this whole thing. I forget which season it was, but where they were trying to figure out who the killer was. And it was like a real big like, marketing thing. I remember the existence of a show called Nip Tuck, but I knew nothing about the premise. It was on FX, which I guess a lot of Ryan Murphy shows are on FX. All right. Your next question is in the category in the business of making her story. In July 2018, Beth Ford was the first openly gay woman to become CEO of a Fortune 500 company. What Arden Hills, Minnesota company did she become the head of? Uh, sorry, what was the year again? Uh, 2018. Happened last summer. Oh, I should really know this then. <laughs> yeah, no excuses about I was in high school at the time for this one. <laughs> We're locked in. All right. Okay, so we... <laughs> we've kind of, we've bounced all over the place. My brain has gone two different directions so far, neither of which I think is going to end up being fruitful, but... Um, I, I can't I can't get my brain away from aerospace and I went to Boeing, but I think you're correct, Marissa. I think Boeing is in the Pacific Northwest because Jay Inslee, who is the governor of Washington, he's running for president. He talks about Boeing a lot. And so I think that Boeing is probably in Washington. But the other thing like Arden Hills, Minnesota is a weird clue to give. Right. Right. And so we're like, what could be headquartered in Minnesota? And the only thing I can come up with based on the name Arden Hills, I know that there's a company called Darden that owns a bunch of restaurant chains. I think they own Olive Garden, and it's like a lot of these like restaurants that millennials are killing type establishments. <laughs> We're always killing things. I'm going to be honest. Olive Garden deserves to, to <laughs> yeah, right? shuffle like, off this take, mortal take coil. Take it out back already. I yeah. mean, we, tried to get, we went there about a month ago for, for our first time in many years, and we, it was very sad. But yeah, I mean, that does, like, the Darden-Arden connection is better than what I had, which was... Could it be something to do with Betty Ford Clinic or cars? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I will, I will just go with you on that because I have. I, um, I mean, 
I can't think of anything else specifically. My only other thought would be like Mary Kay Cosmetics or something like that, just because they seem Minnesota-ish. I guess. I just, I can't imagine we would get that clue for any reason other than it's a company like that is known to be headquartered in Minnesota. Yeah. I just I mean, I, I, yeah, I will 100% go with you. Okay. I guess we're going to go with Darden. Okay. I don't know what the answer is, but when she said Mary Kay, that struck a bell with me. I'm I'm like, oh man, I wonder if that was it. <sighs> Jeremy and Nicole, what were you thinking? So the only Minnesota, like just right off the bat, when you said like company based in Minnesota, 3M is the one that always hits me like a ton of bricks because I know it's like Minnesota, some like manufacturing and mining or something. Like one of those M's is Minnesota, so they're associated with Minnesota. We kept trying to think of other companies, Minnesota companies. I didn't remember any of this happening, but just on the Minnesota thing alone, we locked in 3M. All right. So Minnesota is also known as the land of 10,000 lakes. Mm. The company is Lando Lakes. Oh, oh, there it is. Fortune 500. What? Yeah. Right? All right. I didn't realize they were that big. Yeah, who knew butter was that lucrative? Jeez. Hey, big butter <laughs> is a big lobby, all right? You know, it's in the wrong Big butter. It is in the Midwest. <laughs> to make those sculptures. <laughs> I want somebody to campaign on getting big butter out of politics. Exactly. <laughs> and into the frying pan where it belongs. <laughs> all right, chicken in every pot and a stick of butter in every pan. <laughs> All right. Your last question in this round brought to us by Nolan is an obligatory sports question. Oh, I'm out. (laughs) So we'll see how this goes. Though Jason Collins is usually viewed as the first openly gay player in one of the four major American sports leagues. There is another player who has a strong case for being the first openly gay player years earlier. Though it is rarely reported on, what baseball player who played for the L.A. Dodgers and Oakland Athletics between 1976 and 1979 made no secret of hiding his homosexuality and commented on it frequently? And actually, when he was, when I was reading, um, and this might be some clues, um, when I was reading about him, when he was first drafted, they thought he might be the next Hank Aaron. So it's a hitter. Oh, yeah, that definitely helps. Thanks. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> it, it, it helps me a little. I'm trying to figure it out too. This is a sports question. I should know this. I bet Andy Saunders would know it. Oh, I'm sure. We're locked in. <laughs> well, this will be insightful. <laughs> yeah, we 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 have nothing really insightful to say. I know I've heard of this dude before, but I there's zero chance I'm going to pull his. I, the name Jim is coming to mind, but I cannot pull a last name. No, dude, baseball is not my thing. Dodgers and the Oakland A's, a baseball player from the late 70s. I'm also kind of going through the Simpsons uh, talking softball song in my head, but uh, those guys (laughs) would have been too young. And I thought women played softball, so there we go. Mm. Yeah, that there was you're 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 not wrong. There was an, a Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns, who runs the power plant, assembles a bunch of pro players for the the leagues. Like he he recruits them all to the power plant just so they can play for the softball team. <laughs> We're talking softball. Yes, exactly. Name is San Diego. Okay. So, <laughs> do you think it was like Ramirez, Rodriguez, something Hispanic, or do you think it was like oh. Johnson, Stevenson? Um. Sure. We well. Let's just go with one of those you just said. Let's go with Rodriguez. That sounds fine to me. We'll lock in with Rodriguez. <laughs> All 
All right. I think I'm a little too late on this, and I don't think he was out or doing, you know, very clearly gay when he was in the league, even when he was there, which I think was later. But the only gay baseball player I could come up with was Bean. I think his first name was Billy, but I'm going to just lock in with Bean. He was, oh, God. I, I he was don't, on, don't feel the, bad, Max. I don't. I don't <laughs> think it's going to be Bean. I think Nicole is right. Uh, that was in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I, I don't think he played in the seventies. That's the dude I was thinking of, though. Oh, he was I on had. the panel when they brought back "I've Got a Secret" on Logo. He yeah. was on the panel. That's the totally the guy I was trying to think of. Um, I also got the he's going to be the next person wrong. I said Hank Aaron was supposed to be Willie Mays. I don't think that'll matter to anyone <laughs> no, but you. <laughs> uh, but the person I'm looking for, um, he was actually one of the first people inducted into the Gay and Lesbian Sports Hall of Fame when it opened up a few years ago. And that is Glenn Burke. Wow. Sorry. Never heard of him. No, he only played three years. Yeah, exactly. So. I might have heard the name in passing, but yeah, I, I was never going to come up with it. All right, at the end of the third round, Marissa and Max have taken a lead. It is 40 to 30. So your midpoint category is American Horror Story, also created by Ryan Murphy. American Horror Story has completed eight seasons and has been renewed for a ninth. There is a loose connection between all the seasons, but for the most part, they're standalone stories. You will, however, see many of the actors from one season play different characters in the next. I have the top four actors that have appeared in the most seasons of American Horror Story. Name them. Now, these are for seasons that have actually aired, not for anyone who's confirmed for season nine. Did you say seasons or episodes? Uh, it appeared in the most seasons. Okay. Is, uh, is that us locked in, Nicole? That is us okay. locked in. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, sorry, it's a you guys, but, uh, you know. All right, Max and Marissa, you are free to talk. Oh, okay. Um, well, the two I was certain of right away are Evan Peters and Sarah Paulson. They have been in all eight seasons. And I've like, I wrote down, I just, it finally helped it. I wrote down all eight seasons. And then as I would think of somebody, I would have to go through and go, okay, were they in this one, this one, this one, et cetera. So Evan Peters and Sarah Paulson, for sure. Frances Conroy, I know has not, I, I feel like she wasn't in one of them. Or maybe maybe she just came in late, but I feel like I can remember her in at least seven of these. So I think Frances Conroy is also um, a good one to lock in. And I I like it feels wrong to me that it's only Evan Peters and Sarah Paulson that have been in all eight. Dennis O'Hare has been in a bunch of the seasons. Like he, he usually plays a smaller role. He like he was the creepy um, face burned yeah, ghost in the yeah. first one he yeah. was the butler who, with his tongue cut out in coven not kathy bates not angela bassett i don't think they've well i mean kathy bates how many let's see kathy bates has been in well hold on now oh man i i definitely i definitely want to say evan peters sarah paulson and francis conroy okay and let's say kathy bates or not I would, I would honestly, out of those, I would go Emma Roberts over Kathy okay. Bates. Okay. So let's, yeah, let's go Evan Peters, Sarah Paulson, Emma Roberts, and Francis Conroy. That'll be our answer. Okay. And then Jeremy and Nicole. We're also pretty similarly confident, but we got totally different answers, which is uh, worrying. <laughs> That's strange. Uh, we, yeah, we went with uh, Smith, Johnson, Jackson, and Obama. <laughs> Famously. 
Is yes. that free throw, Jackson? <laughs> uh, no, only last only last name. We did not provide a first name. <laughs> it form it free throw Jackson. Definitely Lucky Johnson and free throw Jackson. <laughs> it was Carmela Smith. If only. And Malia Obama. All right. So tied with eight season each is Evan Peters and Sarah Paulson. Next with seven is Francis Conroy. And also with seven is Lily Rabe. She played Lily Rabe. She played of Misty Day. She played Eileen <sighs> Warnos in Hotel. Um, she was Sister Mary Eunice in Asylum, the evil nun. You hey, mean I know really good. Is. That's something. Lily Rabe. I think Emma I will like be in five. Emma Roberts will be in five. She's played in four so far, but she's confirmed for season nine. Oh, which one did Lily Rabe miss? Was it Cult? I think she it was wasn't Cult. In? Yeah. Max knows entirely too much about American Horror Story. <laughs> Freaking me out a little bit, dude. It's a, it's a good it, show. It, it's a lot to get into. Oh, man. It's so much. At the end of the midpoint, Marissa and Max, due to that midpoint, have taken a commanding lead. It is 55 to 30. All right. That is the end of the first half. Uh, before we go on to the second half, I want to let you know that today's show is sponsored by Smarty Pants. I mentioned Smarty Pants for the first time on the last show, and a lot of you signed up for it, and I got some great feedback. There were people who were really impressed by the questions. I know there were folks that got together with a friend and had a good time doing it as a team. You can also play it individually. It's really however you'd like. Smarty Pants is an awesome trivia game that will get sent to you directly to your email. You just sign up at TriviaHallOfFame.com and look for the Smarty Pants link. The next game is coming out on June 26th, so you want to make sure you sign up before then. There is no official cost. It is pay what you want. There are recommendations. Um, if you want to help support the team there, you know, $5 for an individual player or $10 for a team would be fabulous to help them keep this thing going. But no judgment. If you need to play for free or you just want to give it a try, you can do that. So make sure you go over to TriviaHallOfFame.com and look for the Smarty Pants link so you can sign up for the June 26th game. All right, let's get on with the second half of today's game. All right, round four. So your first category round four is Pose for the Camera. India Moore plays Angel Evangelista on Pose another ryan murphy show ryan murphy does a you lot of love shows. some ryan murphy <laughs> he's one of those like kind of like open creators that seems to just create a lot of stuff you need there. to reach out to him and see if he'll come on the show <laughs> yeah sure ryan murphy's gonna come on our show <laughs> it doesn't hurt to ask that's true i All ask right. lots of people so india moore plays angel evangelista on pose they can be seen as the first transgender model gracing the cover of the u.s version of what fashion magazine for the June 2019 cover? All right, we are locked in. All right. So we are just thinking, we're trying to think of magazines that are, that have like international editions. Max suggested Vanity Fair or Glamour. I'm thinking Vogue. And I like I, Vogue because I'm, I'm, that's the one I'm positive has international editions. I don't know if Glamour or Vanity Fair does. So that, that would be what I'm most inclined toward for sure of those. So let's do Vogue. Okay. We also ended up thinking about Bazaar and Vogue 
and through process elimination ended up on Vogue. But I think that I was we were wrong about which we were trying to get there through Caitlyn Jenner, knowing that Caitlyn was a trans person on one of the magazine covers. But we ended up on Vogue what as was, well. What was the category name again? Pose for the camera. Hmm. I was originally going to call it Cover Girl, but India Moore also identifies as non-binary, so I thought that wouldn't be appropriate. So. If it had been Strike a Pose, mm-hmm. I would have been much stronger <laughs> towards Vogue, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> so Caitlyn Jenner was on Vanity Fair, and actually the some international versions of this magazine had transgender people on the cover before, but the U.S. version of Elle will have it for their June mm. 2019 issue with India Moore. Wow. Mm. Yeah, L did I, not come to mind at all. <laughs> um, I had even seen this headline recently, and I sort of like perked up, but that was as far as I got with it. Yeah, w- with the people I follow on Twitter, it was it was a big deal. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Next question is brought to us by Nolan, and your category is let's talk about reading. Reading is fundamental. It is. <laughs> this is a kind of a long question, uh, so bear with me here. From his name, you can tell that the character of Alexi, I'm going to butcher the heck out of this, and to, okay. How would you say that name? Where is it? This one. Antidiluvianovich. Antidiluvianovich. Okay. Okay, Prila Serenov. Prila Serenov. All right. That's the name. Maybe a bit on the older side. The character nicknamed the world's oldest Bolshevik appears in what seminal work of gay literature that premiered in May of 1991, one of the most recent books and one of the only ones by a still living author that critic Harold Bloom included on his 1994 list of canonical works of Western literature. You're going to have to read that one again. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll even leave the reread in there for the audience because that was a lot of questions. When Nolan gave me this question, it actually titled it as you're going to have to read this several times. <laughs> is, that, is that a hint in the category as well? Uh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> From his name, you can tell that the character of Alexei Antonovich, Perelps Leronov. I am so sorry to anyone job. of Eastern European descent that I just offended. Yeah. Uh, we apologize to the Prelip Serenov family. <laughs> Maybe a bit on the older side. The character nicknamed the world's oldest Bolshevik appears in what seminal work of gay literature that premiered in May of 1991, one of the most recent books and one of the only ones by a still living author that critic Harold Bloom included on his 1994 list of canonical works of Western literature. It's interesting, and since you're both hearing me talk, it's kind of a clue for both, if it's a clue. It's interesting that it's a Western literature, but it's about sound like a Russian name. That That's interesting to me. So this is actually a play, and it also was adapted into a miniseries. Like a TV miniseries? It was a miniseries on HBO. We're locked in. All right, Max and Marissa, you can talk out loud. Well, yeah, so the the date on this is kind of bothering both of us, and the HBO miniseries part is really bothering me. Marissa suggested Kiss of the Spider Woman, but that was definitely made into a movie, I'm pretty sure, with like Richard Gere, maybe? Richard Gere, Morgan Freeman, if I'm remembering the correct movie? I don't know. I'm just Um, trying to think of like plays. 
I mean, I, I certainly don't have a better guess than that. I, I'm sure I've heard of the, the miniseries. I don't think I've heard of the play version of this. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with locking that in if you want to do that. I just, I'm sorry. I don't have anything else that would have a Russian in it. Right. And, and also I, gays. Right. Well, I, d- I also, I did bring up the drag queen Katya because I know Katya yeah, has, it, has <laughs> she has a crazy, like long last name she like does. this. And I was like, she maybe does. it's a tribute to this. <laughs> Zamalochikova. No. <laughs> Zamalochikova. There we go. No. So yeah, we'll. Yeah. So I guess we'll lock in kiss kiss of the spider woman. Okay. All right, Jeremy and Nicole. The original clue was, I mean, I know what antediluvian means, but that's about it. And then when you got the play miniseries, I may be going completely up the wrong tree here, but for some reason I got hit by something called Angels in America, which I think was a miniseries oh and might have been a play. So we locked in with Angels in America because I... that's my wild guess. Well, sometimes wild guesses can be great. It is Angels in America. (laughs) It was a 2003 miniseries on HBO. Great job. Had Al Pacino and Meryl Streep. I am so sorry. I should have that. There's even Mormons in it. Like, oh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. Didn't that have, wasn't that a play on Broadway recently? Like uh, Nathan Lane? I don't know if they've revived it. I feel I like think it was a super long running one, though. I yeah. feel like at the Tonys last year, it was up for best. Well, let me see. Play. That sounds really familiar. Maybe not last year. Maybe the year before. Yes, he won for Angels in America uh, in the 2018 Tonys. 2018. Yep. Yeah. So it, there was a recent uh, revival of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's twice this game we've been like, oh, geez, I don't have any clue on this <laughs> at all. Uh, I don't know. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. That was a wonderful get. All right. So your last category in the round is Let's Dance. Let's dance. What iconic 1978 song by disco star Cheryl Lynn was featured heavily in the documentary Paris is Burning? You know Max is a music person, right? I do. Like, as soon as you gave the artist, he's like, I know this. (laughs) In fact, I know, like... Their second cousin's number fifteen hit too. I, I've seen Paris Burning, <laughs> Paris is Burning so many times that the song gets caught in my head constantly. It's what I watch when I don't know what to watch. Oh wow! Actually, the last category name is a line from Paris is Burning. Uh, Venus Extravaganza goes. You want to talk about reading? Let's talk about reading. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're locked in. <laughs> yes, we're locked in. I think that we're just going to type for a hot second because we're both a little embarrassed about how much we don't know about gay, gay and queer culture. Uh, <laughs> you at least know what Paris is burning is, which puts you one step ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, having never seen it, though, makes me feel a little bit like a bad gay. Uh, it's a little over an hour, so <laughs> it's on Netflix. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, all right. I know what I'm doing before work. <laughs> At least it was last time I checked. He was originally Shower- thinking of showering, but now Paris is burning, <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. You can do both. It's a trade-off sometimes. Cheryl Lynn, 1970s. Like, yeah, 1970s music is a giant smoking hole in my brain. I don't, like, I know the 60s, I know 90s, but 70s and 80s, uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking it's it's disco era, but it's not 
one of the like you know top ten songs. I mean, the the movie is very like black and and Latin, so I don't know if that helps pull anything there. I also don't know who Cheryl Lynn is. And my roommate just walked in the room to take a drink of my coke, and I just stared at her silently, knowing she can't help. I, I saw you kind of scream silently. <laughs> <laughs> what was the song name, right? Do we just want to lock in with, like, Vogue and hope that's right? <laughs> sure, maybe there's another song called Vogue that we don't know. Let's go for it. Good Vogue. <laughs> Is everyone locked in? Uh, yeah. yeah. Now it's yes. uh, Max and Marissa. I can name exactly one Cheryl Lynn song, and it has got to be real, so that's what we locked in. Oh, okay. I'm going to need you to sing that, Max. No. (laughs) Oh, you typed it? Come on. I did. I typed it, but that's very different. Come on. What you think? What you know? Ah, To be real. That song. Nice. (laughs) Got to be real. Mm. Got to be real. Mm. Sorry about that. Yes, it is. That rings no bells with me. <laughs> you will hear it all through it. Paris is Burning. Yeah, I know the song, but I wouldn't have ever, yeah. ever pulled it. All right. At the end of the fourth round, the score is 65 for Marissa and Max to 40 for Nicole and Jeremy. All right. Your first category in round five is double take. What? <laughs> what? what? Hey. Oh, come on. <laughs> in Orange is the New Black, what actor's twin brother played their character in flashback scenes? And I'm using actor as a just general neutral kind of. Usually, I, I think anytime I'm going to say actor in this game, it's gender neutral. We are locked in. Yeah. That means that uh, Jeremy and Nicole, you guys can talk out loud. Yeah, I've never seen Orange is the New Black. Isn't uh, isn't there an actor in the show named, like, Ruby something? I don't know any of the uh, names of the characters. I've seen, a, I've seen a couple episodes. I know that the one of the main characters, I believe, was the actress that played Darlene on Roseanne, which I won't think of her name. Uh, what's her name? I have her face, like... And I know there's a couple other characters I would recognize on there, but I've never seen them in anything else. And so I'd... Isn't the actress... Oh. Oh. I maybe have her confused with someone else because she's blonde and maybe she wasn't always blonde. She was She was a main character in another, in some 90s sitcom. I could have sworn it was Darlene from Roseanne and now maybe confusing her with someone else. Oh, oh my God. I get... I should know the name of Darlene from Roseanne. Darlene from Ro- the actress who played Darlene from Roseanne, like, isn't she married to like that musician? Oh God, like not almost, but not quite. Riot Girl musician. I don't know. Um. Anyway, what's uh, what's her name? Something Gilbert. I mean, last name Gilbert is good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to, like, I'm pretty sure her last name is Gilbert, so let's go with it. <laughs> we will right. lock in Gilbert. All right, Marissa and Max. We said Laverne Cox because in the flashbacks it was pre-transition. Oh. I think the person that you guys were thinking of was Laura Preppen, who was on that 70s show. She had dark hair in the show because Sarah Gilbert so was not in... Orange is the New Black. Sarah Gilbert is married to Linda Perry, though. That's the wife you were trying to think of. 
Linda oh, Perry yes. from Four exactly Non Blondes. Who I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yes, Four Non Blondes. Yes. <laughs> I, I took us down a very long and wrong rabbit hole. Apparently, whoops. <laughs> it's okay. Laverne Cox has a twin brother um, and played so- the character of Sophia pre-transition in the flashback scenes. I I have to take 10 seconds and name drop slash shout out my friend who is on Orange is the New Black. We went to high school together. She plays uh, Cucudio, Emily Althouse. Oh, oh, cool. Very cool. <laughs> She's my buddy. It is such a fabulous show for representation yeah. of women. And- it is. And I'm still I'm really still salty about how they just kind of they were like, oh, by the way, she died. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. All right. Your next category is brought to us by Nolan. And it's open your history books. To page 69. Wait, why (laughs) did that come out? Of all the numbers, (laughs) I didn't mean to make that joke. I just meant to go with a regular number. Yes, you meant... Well, completely unnecessary sex jokes are gay culture, so (laughs) you you are doing this on the correct episode. All right. And they are never unnecessary. We were all in eighth grade once. We get it. Throwing sand in the face of the long-standing myth that gay men are less capable of defending people. The Heroes Locos, or Sacred Band, a military unit of 150 pairs of male lovers, were the elite fighting force of what ancient Greek city-state based on the idea that people who love each other will fight more fiercely? We are locked in. All right. Max and Marissa can talk it out. Uh, see, so I I don't think it's a city state. Like I think it's like I'm okay. So we were like naming city states, and then Max said like I'm trying to think of like old terms that might mean gay or queer, and I came up with lambda. But I think that's just a letter. I don't think it. I don't think it is a city state. I mean, we could just guess a city state. I really, I I don't know if lambda was actually a place or just a letter, like you said. I mean, obviously we know it's a letter. But I do. It does have the the gay connection. You're right, because I'm you know I'm thinking along the lines of like how Lesbos, the Isle of Lesbos, became right. synonymous with lesbian. And I would be totally on board if I could think at right. all of a city and and if the idea is that they will defend themselves more fiercely, they would have to be in some war or another. Right. I mean, I, I think Sparta is obviously the the go to. That's like a safe guess, but I. <laughs> I feel like that would have been worthy of inclusion in the movie had this existed. I might have actually. What about? I mean, it was kind of there. <laughs> I mean, you know what that, about Troy? Great historical, uh, the the dedication to historical reality from that movie. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with Troy. Do you want to say Troy? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll lock in with Troy. All right. Jeremy and Nicole. We were just trying to remember stuff about city-states, and of course, like, Sparta and Athens were two of the bigger ones, and I thought Sparta was the more bellicose one, but Athens, you know, they they had a force, but they seemed to be the more philosophical, perhaps a little bit, bit more defensive, and, you know, thinking back to reading my Plato and my Aristotle when I was in college, really, really gay, so we went with Athens. <laughs> When when Nolan sent me this, I'd never heard of this before, but I thought it was super interesting. Um, it's actually the city state of Thebes. Really? Oh, yes. Okay. So you know, you've heard of you haven't heard that Thebes was this, or you hadn't heard of Thebes? And I've I've heard of Thebes. Okay, that's, what I, that's <laughs> what I thought. I know who Jim Morrison is, Jonathan. Well, no, but no. <laughs> 
I was saying it for your benefit. No, I know. But I never heard of, of the sacred band. And uh, I thought that was a really cool. And, and, and Nolan wanted to make sure that it got included because it was a really cool representation that you wouldn't normally see in, in history in general. That's awesome. Yeah. I was trying to uh, back into it through Magic the Gathering because I had a uh, a male couple when they visited a like Greek themed plane. They had a gay male couple on there for the first time, and I was like, "This is where they're from. Is this a, is this based in reality? Can we get yeah, there from funny. that?" But sometimes it is. Yes, yeah. Sometimes they do. Pull that's that a great stuff. way to get answers. Yeah. All right, so we're going to finish out the round with the library is open. Burks. Armagerd Burks. Armagerd Burks. Gersperms. We're running out of chances to say science. <laughs> we can't wait. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't know if we're going to chance to actually. Oh, rename something. <gasps> I know, right? People have expectations <laughs> of us. Just Carmilla. rename a category. It's fine. Even yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'll, I'll throw something in there. Literature, science. library, science. <laughs> 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 the library is open for science. Science. <laughs> science. <laughs> All right. Margaret Wise Brown is a bisexual author who wrote a very classic children's book about an anthropomorphic bunny with going through their nighttime ritual. What is the name of this book? Yeah, we're locked in. Definitely locked in. I think we're both thinking goodnight moon. Yeah, like we both had some we both had some immediate thunder on goodnight moon. I know for a fact Margaret Wise Brown wrote it and that she was in the news for being bisexual and writing this children's book. Oh, my memory, my memory, the bunny's a little rusty, but I do think there was a bunny. So I'm happy locking in with good night moon. A Marissa and Max. The quiet old lady whispering hush is good night moon. It is good night moon. Good night stars. Good night pillow. Yes. There's no pillow. I'm making it up. Uh, <laughs> Margaret Wise Brown actually had a very uh, a long term relationship with. Uh, she w- used to be the wife of John Barrymore. Oh. Uh, her name was Blanche Ulrichs. So interesting. I'm glad you didn't ask about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after the end of the fifth round, eighty-five to fifty, Max and Marissa have the lead. Round six, your first category is classical beauty. Why, thank you. (laughs) Who is the trans classical pianist who is also a writer and producer for Transparent as well as a writer and producer for Pose? You said this person is a pianist? Yes. They've also done some music for for RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. Okay, we're locked in. Which one do we want to go with? I think we have two answers. (laughs) Maybe we'll go with the one that has at least half a chance of being right, but then explain why we were Okay. Uh, we're going to lock in with a uh, very educated Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> if you try it enough times, it'll eventually be right. Yeah. Though <laughs> you had a nice little scheme. I'm, re- I'm you know, suggesting a lucky Johnson, and it's like, yeah, we could say, like, Toblerone and say we <laughs> Understood the question. <laughs> That's like a get out of jury duty strategy. I, I didn't understand the, the letter. Just answer every question with potato salad. Coleslaw. 
Max and Marissa, what did you guys say? So before before Marissa gives our answer, I have to say, because Jonathan chimed in and it was funny. I, I was like, is it the Moog lady, the synthesizer lady who is known for being a synth pioneer? And Jonathan suggested that we answer, good night, Moog. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, he showed me that and it looked like good night, Moog, which made me think of Moogles. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I'm well, like, that's, that's how it's spelled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, Max said Andrea something. And I thought, oh, maybe it's Amanda. And then I'm pretty sure her last name is Craig with a K. So we locked in Amanda Craig. I am looking for Our Lady J. Oh, oh no. Boy. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I had no idea of, about any of that. Yeah. That is really a Renaissance person, apparently. Hmm. Yep, she uh, she 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 was in Transparent, and then for like I think the last season, she was a writer and producer. And then when Pose came about, she became a writer and producer for that show. Oh, I think that I'm double wrong here based on pronouns. We are not talking about Miss J from Top Model anymore. No, are no, we? no, 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 no. I'm talking oh, about. When you reference, okay. Oh, I'm talking about Our Lady J. <laughs> that that that's her name. That okay, when, you refer- when, when we referenced oh, it earlier, you were like, "No, that's later." And so I thought that's what you're talking about. I was okay. with you, Jeremy, the whole time. I thought the same <laughs> okay. things you did. Uh, okay. All right. So next question. Category is children are our future. <laughs> Born in 2000, this activist is one of the youngest publicly documented people to identify as trans. She has a TLC show to document her life with her family and as a trans youth. And in 2007, along with her parents, founded Trans Kids Purple Rainbow Foundation to provide assistance to transgender youth. Who am I talking about? Carmel, is this person well known enough by a first name to where that's acceptable or do we need first and last? I would say first name is acceptable but for this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're locked. And we're locked in. Save us. Well, um... I, for some reason, I really want to say her first name is Jasmine. That's all I can think of. So that's what we're going to go with is Jasmine. (laughs) All right. So we said jazz from the book. I am jazz. Uh, Watch it be just jazz. Uh, I have it as just jazz. I have it as jazz Jennings. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, you were 100% closer than I was ever going to get. So is jazz short for Jasmine? Usually well, when it's I, when spelled I, like that. Yeah, it's it's spelled like the music. I think it's spelled like the music. Uh, I know. That's some, a good pull, Sometimes that's, that's just uh, affectation, though. A lot of times when I type in uh, a trans person's name, and they'll be like, what's their real name? And, and Google will actually dead name them. And I'm like, stop doing that. Oh. Like, don't do that. Someone should talk to them. Yeah. Like, I, I, was, I was doing the... the I was trying to remember what Laverne Cox's brother's name was, and it's Lamar. And I was typing in Laverne Cox. I was starting to twi- type in twin brother, and it went real name and popped up their birth name. And I'm like, that. Yeah. That's not their real name. No. I will email Google. Yeah. Apparently, it's difficult to get your name off the internet. My roommate is trans and had to, you know, get rid of her, try to delete her previous social presence. And it's yeah. apparently not trivial. No, it's, it's yeah. Not. I don't. I don't see anything referring to Jasmine as no, a name. No, they only have jazz. Yep. I'm sorry. I guess the wires just got crossed in my head. I. That's fine. I w- that was going to be another Johnson. Like if we <laughs> try every question, it'll be right eventually. Uh, was that question two? 
That was two Question in the round, yeah. Okay. So we got one more, one more in round six, and this is brought to us by Nolan. And your category is multidiscipline extravaganza. Extravaganza! Science! Science! Science. <laughs> science! I can't believe I didn't write one damn science question in Or math. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, disappointed we don't have enough gay math in this show here. Yeah, I didn't write enough gay math. <laughs> I gotta start doing more math. Personally, so I can become a trivia answer. <laughs> there you go. Sure. Try to imagine what gay math would entail. <laughs> Billy is 60 feet away from you, and Johnny is 50 feet away from you. That's great. The is 30 feet. If it. you start running now, who will grab you first? <laughs> See, now I'm just thinking about Grinder. I'm like, that's just <laughs> GPS. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, now. I'm sure gay math is like something to do it. with like permutations of who and who has not slept with whom. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's, that's gay statistics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question three. All right. In one of his major film roles before his untimely death, actor River Phoenix appears as a gay hustler named Mikey Waters in a 1991 film by gay director Gus Van Sant. The film takes its title from a band that is a gay cultural icon due to the gender-bending title, gender-bending lyrics such as Boys in Bikinis, Girls on Surfboards. For 10 points, name either the film, the band, or the song that the lyric comes from. For a bonus two points each, name the other two. You know, it, it's it's never a good sign when you're when you're IMing back and forth in order to talk, and both parties are just not t- typing anything. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Carmela, just to be clear, the band, the movie, and the song all are different words. Yes. Okay. So it's not. It's just so you guys know, it's not a movie and a band name combined, or a song and a movie name combined. All of those three things are different. So, oh, maybe okay. I misunderstood the the prompt then. So the title of the movie you said came from a band or a song name. It, it's a song name by this band, and then they have, and then the lyrics that I read out is another song by the same band. Ah, okay, that's what I was missing. Okay, Me too. okay, okay. I understand. I understand now. All right, we are locked in. Oh no. my god. So we were, we, oh, uh, Marissa, I'm so happy with you right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, and I would have been crushed to miss this too. So we initially were thinking Queen and we're going through Queen songs. And then Marissa just said my own private Idaho. And I went, oh my God, that's it. Cause it's a B-52 song, uh, private Idaho. Um, there is definitely a movie called my own private Idaho. Uh, boys in bikinis, girls on surfboards is probably a lyric from rock lobster. Okay, okay, because I just couldn't pull that part. It's either, it's going to be that or like dance this mess around, but that seems horribly odd. So my own private Idaho is our main for sure. And then B-52s is one of our bonus. And I'm between Rock Lobster or Party Out of Bounds. Do you have a an opinion either way? No, Rock Lobster sounds better, but no thunder. We'll go with Rock Lobster then. All right. Yeah. Jeremy, Nicole. Well, we didn't know it and also forgot to give bonus answers, which I guess doesn't really matter a whole lot. So uh, we we were trying to get there via the band, and uh, we went with Culture Club just based on the gender-bending things, thinking more about the people than the lyrics, I guess. Um, and then for bonus, uh, Chicken McNuggets and <laughs> Tallahassee. 
<laughs> I've been to Tallahassee. I've eaten it. chicken McNuggets. <laughs> so it is my own private Idaho. Yes. And it is B-52s. Awesome. And it is Rock Lobster. Yay! Wow. <laughs> I, uh, I... Figured out B-52s because the lyrics sounded like beachy kind of stuff mm. and that, that trends with them. They are top five favorite musical acts of all time for me. I would have been crushed if I had missed that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy right now, Marissa. Thank you. I got to see them live in 2008 on Derby Eve and uh, I was in college radio at the time and got to meet them and they were so, 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 so oh, nice and cool. cool. Oh, that's oh, awesome. awesome. Uh, so going into the gauntlet, it's a really interesting score. <laughs> it is 99... To 50. <laughs> it is literally one point away from a lockout. Wow. Or two points away. All right. So once you guys have your wagers figured out, just say what? our wagers locked in. I have to give them their category first. That's a really good point. <laughs> so your gauntlet category is Her Royal Majesty Marsha P. Johnson. Ha. Ah. <laughs> that was the one that I said was coming later. Okay. Our wager is locked in. Okay. So we are locked in on our wager. All right. Awesome. So your first question in the category of Her Royal Majesty, Marsha P. Johnson. Marsha was a drag performer and was known as the mayor of Christopher Street. She also modeled for what famous pop artist? Okay. We're locked in. We're locked Uh, in. All right. Your next question. What 2016 short film is a fictional imagining of Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson in the hours leading to the Stonewall Riots. Marsha is portrayed by Maya Taylor in the film. Okay, we're, we're, we're locked. locked. Yeah, we're locked in. Yeah, locked in. And your last question is, Marsha co- and by the way, uh, Nolan helped with this particular question. Marsha co-founded Star with Sylvia Rivera. Her activism did not end there. She was also an AIDS activist with ACT UP. ACT UP made it significantly easier for HIV drugs to get on the market in the U.S., and it was co-founded by the author of Normal Heart, who was also notoriously known for being a real jerk. What's his name? So he was the co-founder of ACT UP, and he also wrote the book Normal Heart. We're locked in. All right. We are locked in. Cool. So now I'm going to read them again, and you guys will give the answers. Marsha was a drag performer and known as the mayor of Christopher Street. She also modeled for what famous pop artist? Max and Marissa? We said Andy Warhol. All right. Nicole and Jeremy? We said Andy Warhol. All right. What 2016 short film is a fictional imagining of Sylvia Rivera and Marsha Pete Johnson in the hours leading to the Stonewall Riots? Marsha was played by Maya Taylor in the film. Nicole and Jeremy? Well, we uh, tossed around some stuff involving Stonewall, and then uh, they pointed out that you mentioned Stonewall in the question. So then we so we started talking about uh, you know getting ready for something, and uh, we said uh, the concept of getting ready. <laughs> I figured I like it was it. an appropriately pretentious short film name. Yeah, it's artsy. I'm into it. <laughs> All right, uh, Marissa and Max. We tossed around a few ideas and land landed on the death and life of Marsha P. Johnson. Okay. And the last question was Marsha co-founded star with Sylvia Rivera, but her activism didn't end there. She was an AIDS activist with act up 
ACT UP made it significantly easier for HIV drugs to get on the market in the U.S. and was co-founded by the author of Normal Heart, who was notoriously known for being a real jerk. What was his name? Marissa and Max? We said Larry Kramer. All right. Because he's a jerk. <laughs> well, and he also founded ACT UP. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy and Nicole. We had nothing to go on. We completely missed the Kramer jerk thing. I don't actually know what that's a reference to. So Smith is a perfectly common last name. Let's go with that. <laughs> All right. So Marsha did model for Andy Warhol. Larry Kramer did found ACT UP. And the 2016 short film, it was actually kind of a response to the the cluster that was the Stonewall movie. It was called Happy Birthday, Marsha. Oh. Ah. All right. So this is going to come down to wagers. Both teams missed it. Let's see first. Nicole and Jeremy, what did you wager? Well, we figured that they only had to bet like two to cover us. So we had to bet it all to hope to get there. So we bet 50. All right, that's kind of the best bet you had. You you had to do that. <laughs> and Marissa? Yeah, I, tr- I tried to suggest zero, and then Jeremy was like, let's do 50. And it's like, go big or go home. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I think you're probably right about their bet, but I don't know for sure. Marissa and Max, what did you wager? Yep, we did too. Yeah, that was a smart <laughs> bet too. So with a score of 101 to zero... Marissa Lang and Max Miners. They got it wrong, so it was 97. I'm sorry. (laughs) With a score of 97, with a score of 97 to zero, Marissa Lang and Max Miners are our Pride Month episode champions. Great job, you all. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Marissa. Congratulations. All right. So we like to give everybody a chance to do some shout outs or to promote a cause while they're here. I think I'd like to start with Marissa. Okay. First, hello to Everett and Damien, my kiddos and Atticus in our hearts. And then um, my cause really is just I would like to remind everyone in the LGBTQIA community that just as we are not monolithic, neither is any other community. And so when you think about like your pride parade, is it accessible? Because if it's not, then there are indeed LGBTQIA people who have disabilities. And so what are they celebrating? And same with people of color, same with like in the gay men you know, women's rights matter for gay men as well. So I guess basically I just wanted to remind people that even though we have our struggle, our struggle is not exclusive of everyone else's struggles. That's fantastic. Be intersectional. That's right. (laughs) Yes. Uh, All right. Nicole, your turn. Uh, I feel kind of weird because this is an LGBTQ themed episode, but you know, whenever I have the chance to shout something out, I do like to shout out the organization for which I am on the board. Um, I'm on the board of Cantor Chicago, and we work with trainers and owners to help find Chicago area racehorses, great new homes. And we also reach out to equestrians. So if you're ever, if you have a racehorse that you're looking for a new home for, or if you are looking for a new riding horse, a new show horse, a new friend, 
please check out Cantor Chicago or Cantor USA and find your next new horsey friend. I think that's awesome. By the way, uh, Nicole, did you find us uh, via via um, Glenn uh, Horses in the Morning? No, actually. I found out about Trivial Warfare through listening to Complete the List. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very cool. I mean, I've, I've been on Complete the List three times, and I heard references to Complete the List on Trivial Warfare, and it was replete with Trivial Warfare jokes. And so, like, last fall, I'm like, oh, I should probably start listening to Trivial Warfare. And I did. <laughs> Love it. Welcome and thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right, Jeremy, your turn. Just thanks for having me. I don't have any uh, specific causes to shout out. I uh, just want to say, you know, a lot of gay men have been very quiet about uh, a lot of women's health and reproductive rights recently. And I think it's important to call people out on their bullshit when you see it. Because um, if you don't, then they just you're sort of like implicitly agreeing with them. And that sort of bugs me. Uh, but that's that's been my most recent cause lately. Uh, nothing specific to shout out. Just, you know, be visible, be loud. Yes, thank you. All right, and Max, your turn. Yeah, I'd like to echo the sentiments as well. Be excellent to each other. Elevate others in everything you do, especially when you have the privilege to do so, the societal privilege to do so. And uh, sign your driver's license. Be an organ donor. Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, Carmel, thank I don't want to... thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Carmel, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if there's any cause you'd like to promote, this would be a good time to do it. So uh, we are recording this in May, even though it will come out in June. Uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so, oh, look at the puppy. Oh, hello, doggy, doggy. That's, 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 that's good for my mental health. <laughs> oh, sorry, she turned 16 yesterday. That's a 16-year-old Jack Russell. Oh, so yep. cute. Oh, yep. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. Um, so May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So you know, if you are someone who has mental health issues, or you know someone, and you're and you're not quite sure how to talk about it, or how to talk with someone about it, I'm gonna recommend a site called MakeItOkay.org, and it's got some guides on how you can start those conversations and how you can be, you know, open with someone in your life that may be suffering and that you want to reach out to them. So that's that's what I would recommend. All right. And then I'll take this opportunity. I wasn't thinking about saying anything, but I will take this opportunity because of what Jeremy brought up just to just to say, guys and girls and everybody all inclusive, the more the more happiness and love and joy and good treatment of everybody that you bring into the world, the more that we'll have treat everybody well, treat everybody with respect and uh, that that's going to lead us all to a better place together. So there we go. Uh, and with that being said, I think that is the end of the show. So for Jeremy, for Max, for Marissa, for Nicole, and Carmela, I'm Jonathan, and this has been an awesome episode of Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia, it's war. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Yay! Cheers. Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Trivial Warfare. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. If you need help with your podcast, Find it at propodcastingservices.com.
Hooray. And if that happens Hooray. during the show, I'm going to be highly, highly upset. So everybody, cross your fingers and say prayers to whatever deity or spirit you prefer. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Carmella. <laughs> now I have to remember the intro. Okay. I, I have to do that every time. <laughs> that happened when I was doing the women's episode. I'm like, oh my God, what am I supposed to say? What do I say? <laughs> my, I bought my cat a larger like water dish that's like three times the size of her old one. And she does not I mean like she's freaking out she does not know how to handle herself around this thing yet I've had it for like a week and she just sits and looks at it like there's so much water and she's just like kicking it all over the place and I'm like madam stop please <laughs> looks at me like there's so much water <laughs> why did you buy the ocean container <laughs> oh my god you need to buy a little boat oh you like just, you like my response just saw that. <laughs> that's hilarious None of you are terrible queers. <laughs> I disagree. Well, I don't know what y'all are. I don't know what y'all are writing in your chat over there. Then. I disagree. I am a terrible queer. Is it, yeah, I am. An, yes, I am. Make a terrible. One. I am awful at it. <laughs> no, I just I I have a tendency to write well, it, more questions, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it, takes, it takes practice, Jonathan. <laughs> it takes practice. Yeah, you just gotta get some practice, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I could I could download Grinder for you. <laughs> we don't use Grinder anymore. It's just full of bots and little children. We'll we'll get you Scruff, Jonathan. Oh yeah, Scruff. Yeah, I, Scruff. <laughs> I don't have enough hair for Scruff. <laughs> you can borrow some of Jeremy's beard hair. <laughs> There's or a great shoulders. market for bears out there. I mean, you 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 exactly. clean up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I froze. What are we supposed to say? And you can edit that out. I just. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing shout outs, or if you want to promote a cause, you can do that as well. It's interesting watching the conversation, and then I see like verbal reactions, and I feel compelled <laughs> to look up to see if the face matches the verbal reaction. And I'm disappointed because the face is stoic. <laughs> But in, in the in the verbal, it's like oh. <laughs> At least you know I, I think the one person who probably has to be glad that Caitlyn Jenner and Milo exist now, so that all gay people don't hate him, is Perez Hilton. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the nicest shade I've ever heard. <laughs> it was a lovely shade. It took the temperature down. <laughs> yeah see i was thinking gilbert godfrey who is not a cute apostle very different <laughs> this prison isn't very nice <laughs> oh my goodness the, the impressions are fantastic <laughs> <laughs> take a deep breath and i get <laughs> Scream from the top of my lungs, what's going on? 
Yeah, that was an interesting conversation to have with Ben to explain what a bear and an otter yeah. and a twink was. <laughs> oh my god! Is... So I, I work uh, remotely. We our company has several offices, but uh, my boss was in town for the first. I had just gotten hired in this department, and uh, my boss was in town. We all went to go eat dinner. We walked out of the car, and my license plate says "Bear Cub." Is the <laughs> my oh my plate? And there's uh, like four of us and him, and he goes. What does bear cub mean? Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm not not out at work, but I had just met this man. Yeah. And it was so funny because our uh, presumably straight coworker uh, like explained him the entire like bear subculture. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. There we go. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that works. 